With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Bonjour, mes amis. For the last time this year, welcome to the Tennis in 10 podcast on Roland Garros, where we'll recap the action under 10 minutes. And the last bit of action to go over was the 10th, I repeat, 10th French Open title victory for Rafael Nadal, who does it against a man who he has lost to previously in the Grand Slam final, Stan Wawrinka. He does so to cap off one of his most dominant tournaments ever. Um, and it could be argued that this was perhaps Nadal's best French Open of the bunch. Uh, it's incredible to say that and to contemplate that considering what we've witnessed from him dating back to 2005. Um, you know, thinking about what he did back in 08 when he's, you know, similarly you know, toasted Federer in the final. Um, you know, another Swiss adversary who is certainly capable of uh, battling with Nadal. But, you know, as he did today, you know, he completely neutralized and as and just as quickly overwhelmed Wawrinka um, with just some amazing hitting. Uh, and, and, you know, the backhand to me stuck out as the shot that, you know, did an incredible amount of damage, but just the shot that I think typifies Nadal's progression from from 2005 to 2017. Um, you know, he served brilliantly too. Um, you know, Rafa's percentages on serves were, were really high, 83% winning on first serve points, 65 on second. You compare that to Stan, Bavrinka, you know, for, it's incredible for to see him only win 52% of first serve points. And obviously that speaks to Rafa's return game. Um, and of course, you know, I haven't even mentioned the forehand. And it looked as, as game-breaking as it has been in a long time, um, both on short balls to put them away um, with the requisite amount of spin and angle, you know, to, to, to take them. Um, and, and, you know, not turn it into sort of a, a mini volley shot, you know, Rafa at at his best, Rafa just punishes any short ball. And that's what he did all, you know, all two weeks in Paris, but it was also, you know, we also saw some throwback Rafa, um, with him on the run today. That was, that was to me when I was watching the match and thinking that I was looking back at a, you know, one of his greatest performances is that, you know, in, in the Rafa canon of matches, you know, some of his greatest, you know, uh, heights that he can, that he can reach are when he is on the run scampering 
and you know instantly turning a point around that looked surely to be for his opponent um you know he had some amazing ones against Stan today and you know as it was pointed out um yet another lopsided set to end a match and the on the men's side, Ben Rothenberger of the Times um, pointed this out that every th- every final set was six one or <clears throat> or you know six zero. Um, there was a retirement as well, two zero from the semifinals and uh, and beyond. And I actually think it dates into the quarterfinal stage as well. But um, you know, once and and. Three of those are, are because of Nadal. I mean, once Rafa got a grip on any match over these two weeks, he just ran with it and, and you know, took it further. And it was the same today against Stan. Um, there was a juncture in the third set where, not that I ever thought Stan was going to come all the way back and win this match, but um, even though Stan was broken early in the third, um, he had a really kind of a mini push serving down one three um that i you know trying to get the crowd into it a bit i thought there was certainly a chance that it could be the match could go into the four or five set territory which i expected it to um you know it is it it was surprising to me that um because i because quite honestly i really don't think Stan played a horrific match. I just think the margins were so fine and so minute that you know he he was just asked to hit incredible shot after incredible shot over and over again. I thought Stan actually defended really well. He did make Rafa hit a lot of balls too. Um, you know, I, I think Stan, you know, as I pointed to earlier, the serve. I I do think Stan's serve really, you know, really. When he's made to play that many long rally points, you know, it's, they're going to go to Rafa more often than not in this matchup. And, um, you know, Rafa's, you know, he stand, you know, we, we've always seen him stand so far back returning serve. He could stand even farther back on Court Philippe Chatrier, given how big the dimensions are. And, you know, from that point, you know, he, he's putting, you know, he's, he's asking Stan, you know, to not only hit a great serve to try to, but, you know, from that point on to hit more great balls, um, during the rally. And, um, and certainly was not able to do it today. Six, two, six, three, six, one. This was over in two hours and five minutes. So just barely longer than the women's final, which, which clocked in at one hour, 59, um, and Rafa has his 10th, um, 10th at Roland Garros, 15 slams overall. Um, they unfurled some, uh, some 10 branded banners and they, you know, they, they were prepared. Uh, the FFT was for this outcome. They had some nice stuff, uh, unveiled for the ceremony. I thought it was good on Stan to take that in stride because, it was a lot more than uh, what Nike had done for Roger Federer at Wimbledon in 2009 when he won his 15th major uh, to pass Sampras and uh, unveiled the 15 jacket. That got a lot of attention back in the day. This one, I'm almost surprised didn't get a little more discussion. But Stan, you know, he is one of the game's better sports, and he took this, you know, he realized that Rafa was, you know, practically in his uh in his peak today and um you know we mentioned Sampras Rafa now passes Sampras I thought that was kind of forgotten um in some of the discussion 
about what this major does for Nadal. Um, it puts him past Pete on the list. He trails just Roger with 18. Um, you know, John Wertheim of Tennis Channel and Sports Illustrated made a fantastic point about how, you know, how pivotal that fifth set in the Australian Open final was. If, if Nadal holds that break of serve lead, wins the title, um, you know, we would be theoretically at 17 versus 16 now. Um, right now, we still have a three major edge to Roger. And, you know, what I think I'm looking forward to the most is, is for many reasons, I'm really looking forward to Wimbledon. Um, you know, Rafa Wimbledon just has not been there since 2010. Um, you know, he's made, he made a final in 2011. Um, but he, you know, he, coming after Roland Garros, he has, has just been unable to, to make it, you know, to solve it on grass like he did, um, earlier in his career. Um, you know, if there's any sort of, uh, if this really is turning into the ultimate throwback season where you have Roger and Rafa winning the first two slams and almost everything else of consequence um, on the tour, it would be amazing to see them play at Wimbledon. They have not played at Wimbledon each other since the 2008 final. Um, and, uh, you know, they could have to see kind of how the rankings shake out. But they, they they could play a semifinal potentially, um, so we'll you know it'll be a very interesting draw for so many reasons. Um, but you know to say to say nothing of that and just to stay in the moment for for Nadal, um, just a it's a reminder to everyone that you know he he is you can you can. You can weigh the heavy French Open title count against all the, you know, against his other 15 and say it's, it's lopsided. But I mean, this is now over a 12 year run um, of, of just being able to master this tournament. And, you know, as I said for Roger after his Aussie Open win in, in January, um, enjoy Rafa while we have him. You're watching an all time great player. And uh, this was truly a pleasure to watch over these four weeks, two weeks, excuse me, even if um, the uh, suspense lacked. That was about the only thing that lacked from Rafa. So thank you also for joining me on the Tennis and 10 podcast. I had a blast doing this. We might do some more coming up. Um, congratulations, Rafa, and au revoir. You've been enjoying the Tennis.com podcast. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com. 